Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. What do we? Okay. So what do we like? Just to just to make sure that we have kind of a coherent theory of the case here. What do we think happened um, tonight? Is this on mic episode? Think if or? that's good, it is. Okay. This is planning. <laughs> think. Okay. Um, we, I mean, don't don't feel like it's all going to end up in, but I, I do want to just really well, quickly ask that. Yang just endorsed Biden. Um, inconsequential man who dropped out a long time ago live endorsed on cnn a network that he has a contract with ew (laughs) right 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 right. uh biden i don't i don't super care about that what i am curious about is there's like immediate death spiral doom and gloom shit happening right now like is that valid where are we at like what's the right but we want to be like there are two different scenarios right so there's like one scenario is there's still some sort of path and we don't want to like and the the death of the Sanders campaign is much, you know, over exaggerated. I forget what that mm-hmm. yeah. saying is. And then like the other the other take, I guess, is just that like it is over or it's more than likely over and we need to think about what's next. How are you doing, Vince? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got two to Two notifications on my phone. I made a drink and now I'm feeling pretty black pilly, but great. <laughs> well, we missed you. Welcome back There's from Ireland. <laughs> um, um and when I say I made a drink, I made three, but here we are. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta have them. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I made it. Just uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing beats the um, podcast juice. Oh, this is probably the exact. I hope, actually, I hope this is not the right time to tell this story. But the fir- for the first time telling this story on the podcast, I will recount the 2016 election, uh, general election evening that we had together, um, where Vince and B got to see me in rare form checking uh, small rural communities, which I, or like counties, which I understood to be indicative in certain states in Florida, like Florida and Ohio, seeing that they were starting to go for Trump and drinking martini after martini until I started throwing my phone against the floor and passed out at like 930 or something. Yeah, um, it was very early. I definitely overserved you because I was nervous. So I just kept making martinis for everybody and I wasn't really paying attention to how much if, everyone was uh, drinking. If only I had... Had the wherewithal to pass out at 930. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Artie, you called it for Trump like hours before people were convinced. Well, even on what? the news. Yeah. If uh if if the if tonight is the decisive night and Bernie did not get the Democratic nomination, I right now will call the election for Trump uh, <laughs> in November. Yeah, putting it in a sealed envelope right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is uh, ten thirteen PM on Tuesday, and, March tenth, and Artie and Donald has Trump just... has won the general election two thousand and twenty. I Jesus uh, Christ. And I guess this time I'll be the one on the floor for well, the martinis, but you know what's there amazing is la- when that happened, somehow we didn't break a single martini glass. Yeah. So every single martini <laughs> glass that was there yeah. that night at that party, we still own. That's And right. this time, <laughs> no matter what happens, we have to break some of the martini glasses. Oh, yeah. All of them. <laughs> That's a good idea. Because I think well, they're cursed and we have to like <laughs> release the spirit that's inside of them that's haunting us. I mean, us. yeah, if you it's like a it's like at a Jewish wedding. If you if everything goes well, you break a glass into I was thinking a, more of like a monkey's paw kind of like you get three wishes. 
Happy Purim, everybody. Um, oh, I know. I know. Oh. Phil, Phil, how's our, how's our election tracker doing? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually Lent. It's actually Lent for me, but here, here's a way of thinking about it. Um, sorry. The, like, we're still 49% of precincts are reporting. There yeah. were a lot of people in line in Michigan. Sanders favoring precincts. And so, like, yes, it seems likely that, like, this big win that Bernie needs in Michigan, he might not get it, but it could actually be a lot tighter than it looks here. The, the frame, the narrative, the media frame that regardless of what happens tonight is going to be that like Bernie should drop out immediately. Right. And so I think we, we should try to have it both ways, which is like, no, he fucking shouldn't. And, uh, this is about a movement, not a fucking candidacy only. down to record this episode a, a little earlier than like 22 hours earlier than we expected. <laughs> Welcome to the Death Panel, a co-production of MSNBC and the Democratic National Committee's decorating arm. <laughs> <laughs> the Drape Committee. The only podcast endorsed by Andrew Yang. The only um, podcast with your, your latest up-to-date news on the chair coverings at the convention in July. Now, last week, we is brought that what, to is you... Is that what MSNBC is talking about right now instead of returns or something? They're just like... <laughs> They're like, we've already the selected pattern. They got Joe James Biden Carville Blue. on. He's like, well, what do you know? They got these James these coverings. And it, 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 they don't know about the economy, damn it. James, it's actually funny because uh, for all of the VIPs at the Democratic National Convention, they will all get to sit on a picture of james carville's face oh i also heard there's gonna, they're gonna be in. handing out special liz warren green star-shaped badges that you can put on to just show that you are with liz so God. if okay. you didn't We're get the tattoo yet this is still a no warren zone i think <laughs> yeah. none of that i just uh, said it's perm you, i had to make a holocaust tattoo joke i couldn't not yeah if you want to hear if you want to hear our takes on on liz in particular uh see Goodbye our most recent catalog. episode the page yeah. The patron episode uh, for for that was released on on Monday. We got into it at the end of it, but also great time to say if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash death panel pod. We do two episodes a week, so become a patron to get access to that one and some other excellent back content that also rips Warren to shreds if you need that um you know cathartic thing or whatever. Um, also, if you want to give us a little more help, you can leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. We uh, really appreciate it, and we're trying to refresh our recommended ones and get Amy Teresa's podcast out of our recommended feed. So, um, <laughs> would appreciate the help with that. Didn't Anyways, that wow. Okay, so we are sitting down a little bit early to discuss the returns that have come in um, so far, just to like background you um, where we're at now, Michigan, Mississippi and Montana have been called for Biden. We're still waiting on uh, results from Washington, um, but we know that the the big like load star of the <laughs> um, I don't know, like a, a lot of I think a lot of people's hopes and dreams were pinned on 
Michigan uh, yeah, tonight, yeah. despite the fact that the, you know, the polls going into it, um, I think, you know, up until the moment that we had our, our uh, centrist, uh, I don't know, fucking like Voltron session um, <laughs> happen where everyone just like coalesced into rallying behind someone who up until a couple of weeks ago looked like his candidacy had just evaporated into complete thin air. And for good reason. Yeah, and for yeah. really for a lot of good reasons that because I Because there was really, no momentum there. Yeah, I also really There was hope, no, no momentum and there was corn pop and there was the record player and there was like... Everything. Everything, the whole today, thing. Today, today, Joe Biden yelled at and shoved a union worker in Michigan. Didn't he also call him like a piece camera. of shit or something? Yeah. Oh no, he said Listen, you're, full Jack, you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah, you're full of shit. And then he tells his female staffer to like simmer down. This is I mean, here's like here's the thing. It's like okay, so this I think it is important to think contextually, like whatever I know that like whoever's listening to this right now, like a lot of the stuff has been like the people to to you listening right now that like most of the stuff will have been like called. It may look slightly different. Maybe maybe Bernie eked out a win in Michigan just barely. That would be great. Maybe uh Bernie is uh you know just slightly behind um there's a lot of stuff that's uncounted now and there's a lot of stuff that much like in in texas and california actually especially uh not uh conspiracy seeming at all around specifically places where college students Mm -hmm. um very long lines yeah very long lines around there so you know who like there uh, it might be a, a bit of a different story when um when you're listening to this but either way no matter even if if bernie like blew out michigan and washington the media was gonna was gonna start uh like doing war drums for like it's time Mm -hmm. for Bernie to drop out uh etc etc and still say that Biden had like sewn up the race so it's going to be even Mm -hmm. like by the time that you've like woken up or whatever and you're listening to this like it's going to be even worse for sure and the next week is definitely going to be hell right but I do hope as like maybe a silver lining or a, a first form of silver lining as it were that we can provide I do hope that there will be a huge amount of buyer's remorse um Mm-hmm. among like all the people who've snapped in like the last two weeks uh to biden yeah um i mean i can speak for all of us when i i say that all of us i think are convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that if biden is the democratic nominee that he will lose in the general against trump yeah right i mean i think uh like the polls right now don't suggest that however as happens with a lot of candidates it's very easy for one stock to be overvalued. Uh, yeah. There's an asset bubble yeah. uh, around Biden and uh, the bubble has not burst yet, but just give it time. Uh, this yeah. the thing that happened today with a worker. These are, he's going to be expected to come out in front of large numbers of people. This is not like doing retail politics, not his strong suit. In fact, quite bad. You don't want him out there yet. He's going to have yeah. to be out there. How does his asset? How did the how does the bubble not burst at some point? Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, I mean, um, it's interesting. Actually, Bernie's team just sent out a um, fundraising call through email moments ago. And the the line that they're pivoting to, which actually is sort of I feel like where we're also all coming from is that, you know, we're still waiting on a lot to come in. But even so, like the the results and the predictions of the night of or the day after are never actually the final number. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the thing is that right, regardless of what happens tomorrow or what, right. regardless of how the, the night goes for Sanders in Michigan, I think it's, yeah. I think it's probably going to be 
a lot closer than it looks right now. The precincts that were still out, people were waiting in line for like four hours. Like college students were waiting in line for four hours. So, I mean, I think it could easily be a lot tighter than it looks right now. But regardless, you know, Biden is overperforming Clinton uh, in these states. Um, And so there's going to be a push for Sanders to drop out, not just at some point, but as soon as possible. And he is going to be called uh, like a spoiler border. I mean, borderline treasonous for not for not dropping out. I think we all know Mm -hmm. that those takes are coming. Yeah. Um, If you thought if uh, for basically all of the things that MSNBC and uh, everyone else has like convinced themselves and their viewers that uh, Bernie supporters have lobbied against <laughs> like Warren and right. her supporters mm-hmm. is going to like actually happen and worse, basically. <laughs> you know I what mean, I mean? I hate and the- again, Sorry, go ahead. Well, and again, I think that's like regardless. I think that was going to happen regardless. I think this is the this is the thing in a way like, OK, I think the, the results that we do have now i think are really indicative i can i think we can see just from like the sort of blowout in the southern states Mm -hmm. um what like what a lot of the narrative crafting is going to be and especially again this uh like regardless of if it does turn around or if this like long uh vote tally goes around like does turn around like the like ap called michigan for biden so like we're in that world where that has happened and if it does like unhappen it's going to have to be like like it will be a, a thing that's like reversed or whatever so i'm just saying that like in terms of how we're talking about this it has happened in the matrix right so but right. i mean but like this is functionally the point of us talking about mm-hmm. it now exactly so like here's one i i think thing that is going to be significant right which is that this call for sanders to like drop out quickly regardless of you know what happens tonight this has already happened right do you have the clyburn clip yes i do yeah. and, and to be honest like I f- yeah i expected the calls to come either way regardless of what happened oh, tonight. absolutely you know what i mean like okay you ready i think we will be at a point where joe biden will be the prohibitive nominee of the party and i think the dnc the Democratic National Committee should then step in, make an assessment, and determine whether or not they ought to have any more debates. So that was on NPR earlier this evening. I mean, that would be very convenient if there weren't any more debates, considering <laughs> that the debate coming up is basically, I think, our best shot at like media, uh, at like the the general media being able to finally maybe understand that the emperor has no clothes, right? Yeah, it, th- I would it say seems. Best in- best and only it, chance it really seems like um you know the stars are just aligning for biden to not do this debate mm-hmm. um first they 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 got it uh switched to sit down because they argued that the precedent from the 2016 primaries uh that the town hall style debates were all done sit down or that some of them were so that it was reasonable to request it so um then today they announced, oh, we're going to have no audience for this town hall style debate. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is some been, state TV hours right here. Right. Sold as being full of audience questions because that's what a town right. hall is. And I'm what sure. What is a town hall without a town? <laughs> this is like <laughs> the hall, the empty hall debate. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen King presents the Democratic nomination. <laughs> it's. It's very backlot. It's very movie magic in yeah. a way, you mm-hmm. know. And so now we have 
Clive Warren, not even indicating, basically fully explicitly. Oh, openly floating. Like, let's cancel right. the debate. You know, oh, yeah. we're all worried about the coronavirus, et cetera. Like, right. I mean, already tonight, Sanders and Biden both uh, canceled campaign stops in Ohio um, because of like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, citing coronavirus concerns mm-hmm. or whatever. So even like on the last episode, uh, I was talking about like, well, we would probably see there be increasing calls for not only like for for like Bernie to stop campaigning, basically, mm-hmm. Be- mm-hmm. like due to coronavirus concerns. And I feel like that's, you know, the timetable has just moved up on this, basically. Yeah. I mean, one of the things yeah. that we've been talking about, like this whole like past 10 days has been like, Will uh, Bernie be blamed for the spread of COVID in some capacity or <laughs> will will the um, sort of like big, impressive Bernie rallies be suppressed through like public health measures or, you know, et cetera. But it also seems that like COVID has had like a very damaging effect on exit polls where you have a lot of people who are saying like, I support you've got still the majority of people are supporting replacing private insurance with one single government plan. Yeah. But then I think it was in Michigan, like 51% of people are, were coming out of it saying, well, I trust Joe Biden to lead in a crisis. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of have, I think this toxic nostalgia for mm-hmm. clean, respectable government you could trust because, you know, an impending uh, public health crisis is, like, very scary, especially when, like, you have no trust in institutions, right? And fundamentally, mm-hmm. like, one of the most important things during a public health crisis is trust in institutions. So, like, people are scared, and I, yeah. I understand, but... Well, I think the there's, there's a damn. thing about elections. So, like, uh, when you think about, like, a, an election in which there's an incumbent, the, sometimes the the choice will be framed as this is this is a James Carvillism, uh, right. so the raging <laughs> Yinzer has appeared. Um, the like the choice will be framed as like change versus more of the same. That's right. like the mm-hmm. classic incumbent challenger setup. But um, the way that this race is shaping up, or at least the primary has structured, is like change versus more of the same versus change back. Uh, and I think that actually a lot of the, the rhetoric around Trump and the post 2016, uh, media, uh, social science analytic has been the, 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 the Trump is the aberration, the disease, um, the, the, the host body has been attacked and like that the goal mm-hmm. is this kind of resilience or like bounce back to prior state mm-hmm. and yeah. the, the case that Sanders has been making, and I think it's the case that ultimately it 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 resonates so much more if like you look at if you look at any kind of historical trajectory, if you are not just a presentist fool, <laughs> you realize that it's not a question about resilience or bouncing back to a prior uh state, but what right. led to try you like there's no understanding right. of like a prior relief, but in a crisis or with something like COVID the heuristic or like the situational like frame around uh, the desire for resilience is actually like built into even sort of the most minute features of uh, like all you want to do is like reset so that we like the, the curve goes down, right. The, the, like mm-hmm. the, the, um, right, the, right. the so thing that you, stops progressing. Right. 
Well, I think it's also indicative of the fact that, I mean, like, you know, the reason that obviously like young people are down for Sanders is because they like have an understanding of the future or or at least a stake in the future that like doesn't rely super heavily on uh, like a nostalgic past. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way that I <laughs> this is funny, but like the way that I got all of my older relatives, uh, like grandparents to vote for Sanders was was basically by explaining uh, the Green New Deal and Medicare for All in terms of, like, literally the New Deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and, like, post-World War II sort of, like, you know, egalitarian except for, well, I didn't say except for people of color um, politics, but uh, they didn't need to hear that because, you know, they're, like, in their 80s. In any case... Uh, like I, I explained it as like our generation needs, uh, you're you about to create some reactionary Trump voters. Like actually, no. Uh, yeah. I, I was must, like, I was like, just I go everybody, everybody, everybody yeah. gets the health care. Yeah. I just, How I just left it at all. You? I just what? left it at Medicare for My all. I'm Medicare. Gardeners <laughs> don't need health care. I think I let yeah, them, sorry, I let ahead, them interpret all in any way that they wanted to. That's but what right. I said was like, you know, our generation like uh, needs needs the opportunity to to have a New Deal moment, like have a uh, politics that progress, do something, you know, have like a big political fight that like that uh, a- advances like, you know, like the welfare of like everyday Americans forward, like in my lifetime, like that needs to happen. And that's yeah. why Sanders is an important fucking candidate. And I yeah, go ahead. No, and 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 you know, I think it's it shows that like, you know, the reason that like people over 60 are so or you know, even are sort of skewing over 50 are willing to vote for Biden is because, you know, the their stake part part of their stake in the future is to to get back to a, a nostalgia. You know, well, I, th- I also think that there's, you know, to to repeat something we've even said on the show a lot. I mean, think about like the the longer the longer that you are alive, the older you are, the more that that age number ticks up, the more opportunities that capitalism has to kill you, too. So, like, I think that that definitely <laughs> right, accounts for right. some of it. I mean, um, it's funny because like the whole dynamic really just reminds me of a lot of people's like disappointment in their own healthcare and how that stems from like misconceptions of like the care they're going to get and the state they're going to be restored to after Mm. injury or illness, you know, Mm -hmm. the kinds of people that go in, um, you know, they've like broken something and they're expecting to heal and then go back to normal, but that's not necessarily the case. Right. Right. Like some things are not undone. Some things are helped much like, Mm -hmm. Let me just uh, let me just take a magical metaphorical leap here. Okay, one of the conversations that I think I want to have on on this particular uh-huh. recording is where are we and what happens if this is like it, right? Not it, right? It, but like if this is basically sort of the there there have been a couple turning points already, mostly like you know 
the the like as we've talked about in previous episodes the the kind of like three-part hit of like south carolina wave of centrist dropouts and endorsements um Mm -hmm. and like withholding of progressive uh dropouts and endorsements uh without names named um (laughs) and then uh super tuesday and so this is like if okay so if this if this does end up being if you're listening to this and you know this ends up either looking like or being the final like the final blow to the clear path right mm-hmm. to the nomination i think it's worth starting to have that conversation uh like regardless of whether it is or not i would love to wake up tomorrow morning and be like oh we eked out michigan and we blew, blew out washington or something or or you know or we or we got washington mm-hmm. um that like i think that that thing that you said is important and actually to like build off also of uh vince's vince's point about the the sort of like you know young people and just like people in general people for whom their interests are concerned are like in for the movement right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like i've been saying uh something uh privately for a while that i only like have kind of started saying more publicly which is like if you think the left is annoying now like if you <laughs> if you don't like the snake emojis and you don't like like I don't know what's what's the what's the range of stuff if you don't if you don't like everything from the the like casual um like critical banter that we we th- like throw at you Mataglacius or whatever um to <laughs> everything to like the guillotine uh gifts and like <laughs> uh images of like bernie bernie sanders with a gun saying i am no longer asking (laughs) or whatever photoshopped images photoshopped images that is not you know anyway um if you if you don't like that stuff like get ready because i think that like one obviously if like if this is a big loss the left is going to be hurt um, mm-hmm. it's incumbent for us to, I think, like keep all together. And this is like many different groups and subgroups and, and people or whatever, but it's very incumbent on all of us to like keep this together, not dissolve into like completely into factionalism, not dissolve into like grievance politics of just like, oh, this is all Warren's fault or something for not endorsing. Mm-hmm. Cause like maybe she plays a role, but it's not just her, but that gives her too much power. It gives yeah. her way too much and power. It's, it's bullshit. It's, it's also like a fundamentally wrong idea it's of the situation. Man. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's also not, I mean, in, in many ways it is, uh, as they say, exactly what they want you to do. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's no, right. Totally. Bill, I like I'm, this I'm, energy. I mean, it's right now there's going to be calls for Sanders to drop out as soon as possible. And do you know why? It's because they know that the polls in these, in these exit polls in these primary states are showing a significant amount of support for things like Medicare for all. And the yeah. longer that Sanders stays in, the longer he is the, you know, uh, jumping on Joe Biden's shoulder, the increased pressure Biden is going to feel to at least take some kind of stance to the left of whatever paltry public option garbage he's supporting right now or whatever he is claiming to do around climate change mm-hmm. that he that he claims is, quote, you know, something that is mathematically possible or whatever. So, um, but make no mistake that should illustrate 
where things go from here, which is the DNC is a moment where the party could be pushed to take a stand to support things that majorities of voters are on board for. And if they Mm -hmm. can't do that, right, uh, and if they're not pushed to do that, it's fundamentally invalidating to, to me a, for them as a this, party, right? For it's I mean. invalidating for them as a party. It's delegitimating for them as a party. It, it fundamentally abnegates the, the very claim to legitimacy that the party has, which is that they are supposed to represent. This is what they claim. Anyway, they're supposed to represent, um, you know, small D, even though they're a, the big D democratic party, they're supposed to have some kind of claim. Right. H.R. 1 was like a pro-democracy bill. Right. Right. <laughs> um, the they're supposed to have some kind of claim. Which to they like, only passed because they did not have a majority. <laughs> right. The, the well, I'm not actually even sure about that, but it's like, you know, they have this is exactly what they rely on. So if they can't do that, they lose their claim to legitimacy and they lose, I think, you know, a critical likelihood of like winning uh, a general election. Mm-hmm. And. So I, I think it's like, regardless of what happens in the general, regardless of what happens, you know, how long Sanders stays in, the focus now has to be taking the energy, translating the energy from this campaign and actually making it into the nascent social movement that it mm-hmm. has always had the potential in a way of right. being. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, Phil, I think that's like a great point. Because we're at this, we're at this like critical juncture, right? So let's say that whatever happens tonight, that like uh, eventually between like the media and like unlucky election results, like Biden is like the nominee, we will be in a situation just exactly the same as in 2016, where the center of the party decided to write off the left and to ignore all of their like all of their demands all of their you know priorities and and push forward with like a candidate who you know they thought was was this like shoe in perfect centrist and and they did that to their peril right like they uh, i mean yeah but like part of me feels like um they are making a huge mistake that they don't even realize that they're making. I think that they don't place any value in young voters. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they look at the age breakdowns coming out of this election and have the right takeaways that they would need to have in Not order to evolve no. a, as a party in the modern era to accommodate the needs of like the growing majority of Americans. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they can't keep banking on the values that they've been running on for 20 years, if there is a growing base who is not getting close to dying, I'm not saying this is purely generational, but you can't, you fundamentally can't just like bank on bank on these people just continuing to be subservient to the party just because it was a capital D. Well, right. And then also like here, here's fundamentally the thing, like not only, not only can you not bank on these people continuing to be part of the party, if you look at the breakdowns, if you look at even so like Michigan, for example, which uh, like I know that there are some, how to put it, I do want to, I do want to address that it's like not helpful, for example, to like write off Michigan just because it's a red state. I'm talking specifically to the like Julia Salazar's of the world who Julia treat, uh, 
like, you know, uh, Senator Salazar tweeted this thing that was like, I don't really care what like the Democratic primary result is in a red state or whatever. Wrong. Like, like yes. not a red state mm-hmm. also, but yeah, whatever. extremely, like, extremely yeah. not a cool, real bad, it, very, not very, vote, very voter blaming take i hope she deletes it i'm sure that probably by the morning she will have if she i don't know realizes what what like how how kind of like bad that looks for all of us especially just in the on the left in general not even as a like whatever anyway um but like fundamentally it's like okay if you look in if you look at michigan the the like um some some of the exits like the cnn exit for uh you know it's like 65 and older is like 73 percent uh biden 23 percent sanders 18 to 29 is 82% Sanders. So that's like, I can't stress enough how, and, and so many other states have looked like this. And it's not just that this is a generational thing. It's that like the, there's a, there's always this theory of the case that it's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, they're like, just because that, that because they're democratic voters now, even if they kind of like, you know, either like don't get their way or like, uh, it's, I guess that's how they would frame it as like, don't get their way. But even if uh, things don't work out or whatever, or they're not motivated or interested in the candidate or something, they'll they'll still still turn out. I think you know I would be I would mm-hmm. be surprised. You're talking about young people. Young, I'm talking about the party's attitude towards young people. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the right. attitude yeah, yeah. is they'll still turn out. Young people yep. will still turn out. Yeah, or they'll grow and up, that, they'll get more conservative, and then they'll turn out then, and we don't need them until right. Then. But the, but this is but this is fundamentally the thing. You you risk the generation of literally like this. I think, uh, you know, obviously there there's a huge there there are a huge number of ways that people become. Uh, part of the population that is like non-voters one of them is our like ridiculous laws around like felons and stripping the like you know uh, stripping the right to vote from them Mm -hmm. but like there is this is quite possibly like a a huge demonstration of how you create how you literally create a gigantic block of future non-voters you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like people who just feel like they, they got in 18 to 29. They were like jazzed. They were organizing. They went. They went to like the polling place at their college or wherever. They waited in a long line because it was uh, it was like literally set up so that it's uh, so that the, like the precinct that they were voting in uh, was like. Uh, you know, w- was like supposed to accommodate way more people than it reasonably could. Um, and then they just get like shut out. Right. You know, yeah. there is research illustrating the effects of early voting experiences with long lines on future voting uh, behavior. And it, it has a depressing effect unsurprisingly. Um, so yeah, that's, that that's critical. But I think it's also like, there's this idea of like political incorporation where you are enrolling people in in politics as a political party. And you are also embracing policies that create complement political complementarities that mm-hmm. are self-sustaining for the party. So like for me, the Democratic Party not going ham on card check under the Obama right. administration. Right. And I've gotten into like Twitter fights with people on this is like, no, they could have done it. They didn't. Uh, yeah. They they potentially had the votes. They didn't push as hard as they could. Um, that's that's suicide. Um, you know, it's the like the idea that like the Democrats in Virginia could have had a, a bill that like took um, right to work uh, off the books, and they didn't go with it because employers didn't want it. I mean, 
this is these are things that will uh, cause political disincorporation. It will it, it hacks off a big part of the the party. And so this idea of like, you know, and and let me let me be like absolutely like crystalline on this. Like I don't like the, the Democratic Party itself has never been itself a vehicle for emancipatory change. It has right. been pushed. It has been prodded. Politicians, the Democratic Party have had to be frightened into right. uh, mm-hmm. emancipatory change. That is the only way it has come. But at yeah. least in terms of like guaranteeing that they can win elections in a big way, they have ignored a crucial, absolutely crucial uh, potential source of power in the electorate. Here's the thing. I think they're really expecting the Bernie Sanders base to spend a lot of time mourning as well. I think they're counting Mm -hmm. on us being devastated and us despairing, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll sort of spend the next couple of months trying to terrify us into voting for them anyways. I think that's their plan. Yeah, You know, like the way that the Democratic Party has always courted young voters has been in a way that was meant to reassure older voters that they've got the youth approval, right? And that's involved, you know, celebrities and uh, like stupid things like get out the vote campaigns and rock the vote crap, right? right. Vote and or die. Right, voter yeah. die. That's never ever represented to be clear, in- that type of get out the vote campaign. The voter die, not right? Gen- exactly, yeah. not, <laughs> not the actual- good ones. Yeah. Right, that has been the only type of outreach to vote to young voters that the Democratic Party has done in decades. Yeah, right. And that's how Joe Biden has been winning the primary. So they either expect <laughs> to go out there and say voter die and uh, uh, quote unquote earn media. Go ahead. So they either like expect this incredibly dedicated dogged, tireless, loyal base, right? Some of whom are maybe first-time voters or would never vote for anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they just either expect the base to be so sad that they can sort of bully us into playing along for the greater good, right? Be a team player. And I think it's like, or they're just going to expect us to just... um you know, just be like so ineffective because we're all mourning and we get caught in the nostalgia and the what ifs. And because imagine this, like we could have endless conversations for weeks about, oh, if Bernie had done X, Y, Z better in North Carolina on this day, or if he had done this and that, like in uh, Pennsylvania, or if he had done this better for black voters, like there are hours of content of that conversation Mm -hmm. ahead of us. Well, not even ahead of us. Like we were happening. Yeah. Like uh, literally actually, um, you know, I I feel like you're describing almost the, like one of the live streams that we were just watching where I will, I just, you know, for the sake of, I understand that people's uh, people were getting emotional or whatever, but like it is going to descend into, you know, I meant, I mentioned that like people will lose a lot of time doing Liz Warren grievance politics, which in some Mm -hmm. sense we've, we like some of us have lost a couple days doing that um, just in the last week or whatever. Um, But then also like it, it will, some of it will devolve into like, Oh yeah. That's why like, um, uh, I don't know, like, like DSA communist caucus should be bigger or something. Or like that. That's why there's a problem with DSA itself or that's why, uh, or that's why like 
the the Bernie campaign shouldn't have targeted its message as like quote unquote woke or whatever. Yeah, um, it was, from, it was which, too woke. It was like too, uh, you know, focused on that and not focused on economic issues. But I think it's the Goldilocks uh, school of analysis. Like exactly. the porridge was, it wasn't too hot. It was too, it was too cold. Like, right. I but mean, so, but this is the stuff that we complain about, like the weeds doing constantly, which is that they spend so much time deliberating and rehashing and thinking. style instead of substance. Right. They're thinking yeah. theoretically in their bubble, in their playground. Right. And we are not in a sandbox. Like people are dying and more people will die while they're busy playing in their sandbox, re relitigating whatever about right. the past year. Which is why I think uh, what Phil's saying about like uh, do it, like uh, figuring out those points to apply. Like, OK, again, if we are in, let's assume we're in the nightmare scenario, right? We're in this weird, strange like we're in this weird like we would then be in this weird place where basically this will be the second time in a row that uh, Sanders would not have gotten the nomination right and this mm-hmm. is again we're speaking I'm speaking hopefully just ahead of time mm-hmm. um I don't want to blackpill anyone I just want to I just I, th- I think it's important to like sort of lay out begin to lay out strategy because now just in the same way almost that like you know I think the the media had its freak out over Sanders ascendancy and uh the centrists and the media they like certainly figure out a game plan over it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so we need to be on like game plan hours not like what went wrong uh, exactly. situation yeah. so I think th- this is what I'm saying like if it is the nightmare scenario I think like this is why I think it's interesting that uh, Phil brings up the uh, the the thing of like figuring out ways to apply pressure because we do have this situation where so the campaign uh, the Sanders campaign I think which has done even if it even if it doesn't win the nomination has I think done a very good job of actually uniting the like the left in the United States for the most right. part mm-hmm. um, and has organizing structure a lot of like certainly a lot of like money um, mm-hmm. and still like months of influence to like to change this into you know something that can continue forward obviously there are a ton of uh, like surrogates and other people within the campaign who could like become other like future uh, leaders or whatever to become because we know that like uh, Sanders if he doesn't win this round like that's no, I don't think anyone should ask him to run again ever like, you know, in like a, a future presidential cycle, obviously, because he would be like 82. Um, but he could just be like, um, like fucking what's his name? Who won't die? The evil one. James Carville. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, the other one, the, the, the evil foreign Henry policy. Kissinger. Yes, people, thank you. People Sorry. People me a long time, but I can't die. But 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 but, <laughs> I, but I want to die. I actually want to die. Is what I'm saying. Kill me. Kill me. Um, <laughs> like the real James Carville is under the hat. The one you see on TV is but, the demon that lives inside of him. Right, but I, just just my point is that I guess okay. I um I'm belaboring this a bit, but my point is that okay, we're also just like earlier. I was I was pointing out like literally today, Biden insulted and like basically like shoved like got in a shouting match with a with a union worker um, at a campaign stop. Last night, or, you know, for uh, you listening to this, I assume, like, you know, Monday night or whatever, he went on TV and literally said that he would veto 
Medicare for all. Right. If it were passed, if it were passed in the House and Senate. Though, of course, um, is getting up tonight in Philadelphia saying healthcare is a human right. Yeah, which, because obviously all these people like trade on bullshit and nonsense. Well, he's expecting people to fall in line and say, okay, well, fine. My my point is, I just. Please, reporters, ask him what that means. Right. But my, my point is, I guess, just like, okay, so obviously. Uh, you know, that's a that's a pretty clear cut uh, answer and a pretty clear cut fuck you to, you know, all the plurality of people who who have said like they support Medicare for all single payer in um, in exit polls. And obviously Biden represents a lot of uh, the, the kind of like consensus view uh, of Democrats on that. And I think is in that statement giving away the ghost that it's like the the line that like a public option leads to Medicare for all so you can pass it easier right, right. like spoonful of sugar shit is bullshit but having seen that and having seen that incredibly mask off moment which again listen to our most recent patron episode to find out like why we can maybe see Biden with his mask off all the time um but uh, it's not ableist <laughs> but having seen that it's kind of like interesting and important to like think like think about how we can talk about like coalescing this into a, a movement that can like completely crush through that because obviously the what i'm saying is the like having seen that the lines are the lines that are being used which we know are bullshit are also just used there to like prop up as a wall to stop mm-hmm. things like a movement from crushing through it right And I think, like, I want to introduce something into the conversation for a second. So I've been thinking a lot about the conversation that I had with Ryan Grimm for Medicare for All Week. Um, Ryan and I talked about the Congressional Progressive Caucus and what happened when they decided to actually stand up and challenge Nancy Pelosi's lukewarm, backwater, absolutely fucking awful prescription drug price bill. Like... It was the one where they were going to only negotiate the prices on 25 drugs per year. Um, It it was just garbage. Now, Ryan said that when the CPC threatened to block the legislation, that establishment staffers were calling him, asking him if they were for serious. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think that, like, well, he said they might be then they were for the first time ever, which they traditionally don't actually follow through on any of their threats. And the bill was marginally better. Now, that obviously is an example of the bullshit incrementalism, but the principle is sort of there. I feel like the left is so often caught up compromising with the so-called moderate center, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. threatening not to vote. And then we're called spoilers for mucking the whole thing up, Mm -hmm. right? But it robs us of our agency and it robs us of the ability to to have any leverage, right? Any leverage to the left is like granted, like some sort of anointed gift from God, you know, like not that it's been earned, right? That they've just been like, oh, my eyes have been open to the injustice and I'm giving you this beautiful concession that is one third of what you're asking for and it's means tested, you know, <laughs> like. They're expecting us to toe the line, and I'm starting to think that this could be a very important moment to make a threat. Well, I mean, I think the the way that this is going to be framed, because this happened, like, all of these issues and debates have been playing out in the context of a presidential nominating contest in which there can only be one Highlander. And... <laughs> And so the like the left is always accused. It's like, oh, well, you're spoilers. Oh, Bernie stays in too much longer. It's going to be a spoiler somehow. No, 
this is like you can in politics, parties, movements, campaigns, walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, Bernie staying in longer and there being consistent mobilization isn't about being a spoiler. It's about taking issues that matter to a majority of the electorate, majority of people who happen to reside in the United States. And, you know, frankly, issues that are like a moral cause that is transhistorical and making them a reality. And the idea Mm -hmm. like somehow that gets like folded into like being a spoiler or not or whatever is just sort of belies how politics like fundamentally works at some level. Like don't like it's, it's such a foolish thing to like Mm -hmm. get caught up in, in this question of like, Oh, like this is, this is the question I always get from like, um, you know, meeting, meeting somebody at a, um, sort of more like generic political events and, you know, some person in their yeah, boomer of some kind. And they're like, well, you know, if Bernie doesn't get it, you're still going to, you're still going to like vote. It's like, that's not the question. This is, the, there are other things we're fighting for than a, than a, than a candidate right. here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, like an electoral cycle, like the one that we're looking at is an incredible opportunity for educating the public, for bringing new people into the movement. Maybe if it is not as sort of further left as the desired strategy, Right. Mm-hmm. But in a way, either way, no matter how this plays out, the Democratic Party is facing a lose-lose scenario mm-hmm. because I think that the moves that have been made this time, you know, for for the bulk of people that they dis- disillusioned in 2016, right, they have like quadrupled that base mm-hmm. and they have further undermined the base's trust in the establishment. And I think that that's yeah. some irreparable harm that's been done and i think well, they they've don't also realize not, they've also not taken the time so like if they really cared about maintaining the institutional core of the party you might think that they would try to develop an electoral coalition maybe around their sort of moderate lane sort of position whatever they want to call it which is actually like far right in a way uh it's like european <laughs> yeah, right parties sure. um <laughs> the uh but the but no but they but they haven't done that like they haven't guarded, they haven't protected the house. No. And so like, it's yeah. Party decay is going to happen, right? It's happening and it will continue to happen. Yeah. Bi- right. Biden is not a comeback. It is a death rattle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's this funny thing where like a few years ago we thought we thought there, well, actually it was, we didn't think, but the center of the democratic party was like, ha ha, the Republican party is on their last legs. And it's like, Turns out, actually, it was you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's always been you. The calls coming from inside the house. Exactly, and 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 I just think that, like, I, I mean, I'll be real with you guys that, like, you know, I'm like in a pretty bad place this evening, just in like the context of like, you know, the the last couple of months of politics and whatnot. But but I think that like the thing that we that I'm maybe mourning the most at the moment, but that, you know, this conversation has made me realize we don't necessarily need to give up, right? Is is the power that we've won uh and and the and the ability to extract things and ask for things and lobby for things that we have like generated through the Sanders campaign in the last like, you know, year. Um like mm-hmm. that doesn't 
have to go away. It basically it only goes away if we allow like the media and the center of the party um, and like the party establishment to convince us that 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 power is now gone. This right. like this newfound, um, you know, sort of like energy that the left and and also separately the left of the Democratic Party now has uh, is something that like can persist if we make it persist. If if like we <laughs> interesting word choice. Oh fuck! Oh god damn it! Uh, persist. Pack. It. No no no. It's okay. No no no. no, 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 no. no, no, no. It's good. It's good. On the podcast for a week and shitty. I'm off my game. <laughs> it's okay. You've just been um, hanging sorry, out. You've been absorbing too much art world energy. You've been. You just. Uh, that's that's the first thing the COVID takes. Um, yeah, that's it. That's me. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to just check my we temperature now. We were praised this week. Off. We were praised by physicians who are listeners for not misrepresenting COVID. So I'm just saying that COVID does not do that. Yes. It does not make you it a does not I will you be very, a centrist. I will be didactically clear. Let me be clear. I was joking. <laughs> also, I need... To have a COVID joke, we are in the midst of literally B and I got like two weeks of groceries today because B has no immune system to speak of. So we are like on a light quarantine, even though like just saying. Oh, also, I spent New York like City, all of Sunday. What a light quarantine. Your episodes are about to get a lot more interesting, people. I spent yeah. like all of Sunday evening in the emergency room, not for me, but for my mom. <laughs> Right. Because she broke her ankle. And they're starting to do the crazy shit that is that were the first warning signs in Italy. Anyway, just saying. The I'm all I'm saying I wasn't, is I did have a COVID joke though. Go, go ahead. Which is there is one actual thing that COVID does do and it turns you Liz Warren Green. Oh god. <laughs> if if you die. Um <laughs> your lungs become to, Lady Liberty Green. Not not to continue my interruption of you too long, Vince, but I think that uh I, you know, I just needed to make, needed to get one COVID joke in because <laughs> having tonight happen on top of the fact that basically like we are, we're strapping into, I mean, like the get, National Guard was called to Westchester today. Yeah. The, the National Guard mm. is surrounding Westchester, uh, New Rochelle. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're not far from that. There are a lot more cases than are like officially reported because we know that even from when we went to the ER, like there were a bunch of like probable cases that they were in the mid in the process of quarantining. Not to I'm not trying to like fear monger here. I'm just saying that like literally we're like living in Manhattan on Hospital Row, like and a you know big pandemic that is being monstrously handled by a current austerity state. And I think I is just unfolding. Was, I would say to all of our listeners out there who are practitioners, hang in there and keep fighting the good fight. Yes, you are you are true hearts. Do it and please if you're Be not safe. if somehow you're listening to this and you're not all already like a member of one of the many organizations that are fighting for Medicare for all from the provider side, please join. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Continue, Vince. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess my point was sort of. Uh, I had made my point, um, and okay. that digression was probably a helpful segue out because now I um, am back to feeling black pilled after my moment of uh, of righteous indignation. God damn it! Um, How about this? Stop buying masks, people! Stop buying you fucking again? Was masks! It if you're not sick, don't buy a fucking mask. <laughs> no, it just comes in waves, fell. It's it's all good. You, we didn't. It do literally it. does. I had like a moment of being like, haha, and then 
I and then I talk myself out of it. Anyway, call any, I mean, it's call like, any time, dude. By the way, here I'm gonna <laughs> say this right now. Um, I will not vote for Joe Biden in the general. Same. That's my personal choice. I'm just letting you guys know. Because I think I think the lesson that we learned from the CPC, which, mind you, happened because of the pressure of the new young female House representatives, right? That delivered terrible incrementalism, right? Mm -hmm. But what that tells me is that what we need to do is we need to show that we're for serious and then we need to go and challenge every race we can yeah. all the way to the bottom. We got to tackle this like the Republicans did where they started filling up community boards and school boards and, you know, city like boards of any kind. You know, we have to go from the bottom up, like run, run to be the greensman of your like assisted living facility. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's what I'm kind of saying. Like ultimately it's, this has to be, we have to, we have to like not only kind of keep this together, but like make it sort of a, a turning point where it's like the, you know, the like fundamentally like the, like the veil has been lifted or whatever. Right. right? And like and the, we've been, we're going to be expected. They're going to say, Oh, all right, come on. We're really sorry. We just, we know a bunch of you are going to die. Um, and that a lot of you are in debt and that a lot of you are, have no home and that you, a lot of you need healthcare, but you know, just come on, come together over here. We're so sorry. We can't give you any of that, but, um, please still remember to show up in November. Right. I mean, this, this is what we're going to be facing. We're going to be facing so many calls for unity. And I think it's about time that the left said, no, thank you. Yeah, I agree. I also think, I mean, it's it's not that I I am I am a I'm a both and in terms of my left politics right I'm I don't I don't I would never issue electoral politics because obviously you have to win power and right. I would never issue uh, the politics of disruption because I mean historically speaking has been no you know viable uh, pathway to emancipation without. Uh, disruption. And I think that that's actually, uh, it's actually in a way where we are. I think that um, the Democratic Party, in order to pass something like Medicare for All, some very large structural things have to change. The composition of the Rules Committee has to change. The Exactly. You know, the, the sort of norms for bringing bills to the floor has to change. And I think ultimately... There are a lot of candidates who never really catch hell from a large uh, quotient of their constituents that need to experience a kind of pressure that they think is reserved for people who underwrite what Donald Trump is doing. And I'm talking about I'm talking about people like my own member of Congress, Gwen Moore, who has not signed on to Medicare for all. And yet uh, represents a city where a lot of people don't have uh, any mm-hmm. kind of adequate uh, medical uh, coverage, where people uh, go without seeing a doctor for long periods of time, and where things like that will contribute to the spread of something like COVID. And this is a moment 
where those kind of people who are incredibly politically insulated don't ever face challenges, have never faced a primary challenge, right? Or haven't right. in a very long mm-hmm. time. They need to feel that pressure. They need to experience disruption. And that is, I think that has got to be a part of the strategic discussion going forward. There has to be, um, you know, I think people should run for office at all levels. And I think that that's, you know, and I think honestly, you should run even if you think you're going to lose because you learn, right. mm-hmm. you develop connections with people, you develop reputation, you develop trust uh, with other people and you can then organize better. Even if you think you're going to lose, it doesn't matter. Right. It's they a great, want you to not run if you think you're going to lose, but you should run anyway. Yeah. Right. It's a great way to meet people, to build like a base, to start doing some organizing and pressure together. I mean, I think Shahid Batar in San Francisco has done a very good job of that. This is, I think, the third time that he's running. And this is the time he's actually going to finally get to like challenge Pelosi and maybe like get some of that press pressure and messaging like into the, I don't know, like the morning talk shows, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, we're at this point where I think we're going to be expected to behave a certain way. I, I Obviously, everyone's going to make their own decision. But real talk is that I don't think tonight is necessarily the end. I mean, no. You know, um, yes, Biden may be leading in Michigan, but Bernie still will get some delegates right and this might be like long and slow and painful but like i would really like to still be able to vote in new york and if we do this whole like and the debates like just decide the primary thing that's not very fair to us not that i think new york is necessarily going to do anything but isn't that kind of like the deal is that we all play this game because we're all allowed to play if we play by the rules? No, I mean, I think, look, uh, we're, we're like at a moment of uncertainty, but what we're trying to think about is the way of exp- of expanding this moment and actually sort of sort of like reconstructing what we think about as uh, the tactic for uh, like building towards this like more ruptural ruptural changes and i think so like the so the goal thus far is like okay we have a, there's a focal point happens to be named bernie sanders there's a campaign for presidency and um and i think that's still going on and it's still a fulcrum it can still be uh, a point of leverage but now like new like uh new green fields are emerging in how we think about uh how do you how do you carry that forward and and the reality is it has to, I think, be focused on winning on winning something like Medicare for all by making it so politically painful mm-hmm. for members of Congress not to take a stand in favor of it, uh, uh, in favor of it, that um, that they're actually worried about right. what will happen to them uh, electorally if they fail to do that. They're worried that they will be uh, primary. They're worried that they will be sort of uh, shamed and hounded wherever they go. Um, uh, and, and that's like the, the idea that, uh, sort of spills over in this sort of like civility politics is that like, oh yeah, you're not supposed to shame and hound people wherever they go. But in reality, (laughs) people who stand athwart like progress to help alleviate human misery, they deserve to be shamed and hounded literally wherever they go. They should not, they should not enjoy life. Yeah. Right. Right. No. Salt the fucking earth around them, I say. Right. 
No, I think this is a great this is a great opportunity for us to I think all really work hard on I think healthcare is the way to go. I mean, as we today, like healthcare is sort of emblematic of the entire uh, problem with capitalism yeah. as an industry, right? And it's it inherently amoral and cruel and um, you know, ceaselessly profitable, <laughs> right? So I, I think well, we until we cease it until we cease it. <laughs> yeah. Until we cease or seize it. Yeah. And, you know, I think right now what we have is like, OK, actually, we now have this debate coming up where we have the chance and ammunition to really make a couple things about Medicare for all very clear. Mm-hmm. I think we have to work to cement what Medicare for all is before November. Mm -hmm. It needs to be clear. It needs to be like the idea of not supporting Medicare for all needs to be like the idea of cutting social security. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which apparently you can run on and win. If we could get (laughs) that many people to vote to invade Iraq, we can define Medicare for all in the public consciousness. No, I know. And I mean, and this is the thing that is so, you know, uh, the one like the one thing I try not to like make a complaint about um, about like Warren too much because, again, like fuck her endorsement. But I do think that the one thing that like Warren and, uh, you know, Kamala, uh, who now like Kamala Harris, who has now endorsed Joe Biden, obviously, and is campaigning for him. Uh, the the things that the two of them did uh, really successfully, and maybe even Pete with uh, Medicare for all who want it, um, did very successfully, is to like really muddy the waters on that. And these things are like fundamentally like unforgivable. And even and just in the same way that you know we say like it is like it should not be like civil society should not be comfortable for a bunch of like people who stand in the way of uh, progress or people who stand in the way of like, you know, of the, of the lifting up of so many people. Right. Um, like right. The, the same, the same should be um, like done for uh, like for all of them. And I like, you know, I agree that sure. Like I think, Ultimately, like obviously, the like the movement for health justice is gonna is is going to continue on like like will continue unabated because it is such an obvious problem. Oh right? yeah, hell yeah, and we're just is, getting started. This is right, the right, beginning. We're going to win. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, and, 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 By and, the we'll, way, and we're right. doing this thing. It's and happening. We'll, and we'll win. It just depends like who wants who who like apparently Joe Biden will decides that they want to throw their body in front of us. You yeah. Know? Who wants to be um, written up like Strom Thurmond will be in the history books 20 years from yeah, now. Whoever wants to submit. Their Maybe it's the man who spoke at Strom's <laughs> funeral with like great emotion and, right. <laughs> and candor about his brother across the aisle. The, the fucking vile racist Southern dick. Strom yeah, Thurmond. So like, uh, so, you know, again, if it, if it is, if it is nightmare scenario, then like, congratulations, Joe Biden, that you, you've successfully thrown your skeleton like you've thrown your bones like in the path of our tank treads congratulations and i think this is the thing we are having it 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 bears repeating because i think in moments that are like this it's like it's easy to forget how strange a day this was yesterday the markets tanked 
COVID mm-hmm. is... New York suddenly overnight became the largest concentration of cases. And then the next day, the National Guard was called in to quarantine an entire city. I mean, yeah. people, I've every conference that I'm supposed to be going to this fall or this uh, spring is is canceled um, or will be canceled soon. Uh, you, everyone E3 I've talked to is being is like, canceled. No. Yeah. It's it's like... Wait, really? And, and, yeah. yeah. It's so... And there there are like the idea, like we're canceling the very basic sort of like mass gatherings that define democratic mm-hmm. participation. Like this is a very weird moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a moment where it is incumbent on us to actually fill in the gaps in, in reasoning and to illustrate what it means that we don't have a system of social provision that actually makes it possible for people to take time off work if they're sick or go to the doctor and uh, have a test conducted without worrying about paying for it. Um, yeah. So this is like the, all of these gaps in sense making have to be filled in. And this is a moment where they have to be filled in and no debate. The, the debates cannot end and the movement and the fight will cannot end until these things are front and center. And it is impossible to hear people talking about politics without hearing these things inserted into uh, what is being discussed. Yeah, that's, oh, mm-hmm. you remember friend of the show, long time, we're such big fans, Rahm Emanuel. Remember <laughs> that thing that Rahm Emanuel always says? Uh-huh. Never waste a good crisis. What better <laughs> time to organize your workplace or, I don't know, maybe coordinate a general strike. Hell yeah. Then a time where your working conditions are maybe no longer a, a yeah. tacit threat to your life, but an immediate viral threat to your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think the example of what's going on in Chipotle, where you have a, a like SEIU is trying to organize them in New York City and they are having, you know, a lot of pushback for management but they are having a lot of participation because right now we have the perfect way to talk about this with a lot of people. COVID is obviously being mishandled, right? People are Mm -hmm. scared. And, you know, I think for a lot of the working class gig economy, like freelancers, anyone, right, who's going to be sort of forced to stay at work, who's not like in their 40s telecommuting, you know, being totally fine, Right. right. Like my bank sent out an email that's like, we'll extend line of credits and suspend mortgage <laughs> payments. And like the entire yeah. country of Italy was like, no <laughs> like, mortgages for a bit. That's what we say now. Right. Yeah. And I'm, like Italy is proof that the government can just say that. And they didn't just say that during the financial crisis. So maybe we should just make them say that now. Yeah. Meanwhile, even like uh, people who are people who are held up as like progressive, uh, low, uh, you know, uh, state politicians and. New York, uh, are, uh, or I think city politicians actually in New York city. Um, there's one, there's one tweet that I shared with the discord, uh, earlier today that was someone saying, uh, we're doing this, uh, we're, we're doing this terrible thing, forcing, uh, rec- uh, uh, forcing inmates on Rikers Island to produce uh, hand sanitizer, oh. uh, for the city. What was it called? New York clean or whatever literally NYS it's branded clean. yeah nys clean thank you vince um real dystopian hours yeah it's to supposed produce, to smell like flowers right um, but to but to produce nys clean right um and they're only they're only paid like you know cents uh like cents an hour um my bill would make it so that 
uh, prisoners are paid three dollars an hour. Like, are Ooh, you like, congratulations? Fucking, oh my god! I'm just saying. Okay, here's the thing. But that's I think actually orphans will get two bowls of gruel. Yes, exactly. Uh, it will be watered down, but there will be two of them. Um, no, but this is. I think this is the thing, and maybe this is kind of like one of the last things that I I, I wanted to kind of get out. Maybe which is that like, or that's been frustrating me recently is just okay. Let's say again, let's say it's nightmare scenario. People always get met. Even like you can see, you know, the, the, the like tension in, in even kind of like openly like talking about it. Sometimes even like uh, people, people get mad at the, like at leftists all the time when they say like, oh, I wouldn't like when with like what B just said of like, I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden. Right. Like I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden in the general. Um, I just feel fundamentally, especially like, you know, that's something that I don't think I would have as like openly easily said, cause I would be into it, like not into it, but like I would be okay with the concept as like harm reduction or something more easily until like mm-hmm. seeing the exact process under which Biden became possibly the nominee, because mm-hmm. this was an, this was like, this was a rat fuck. Like this was an ugly two weeks 2016 was harm Um, reduction and look how it turned out right no but this is but this is my point is that so people get get mad at leftists about um uh, about saying you know like i i don't want to vote for your guy he's basically the same thing as uh as the other guy or like you know maybe joe biden isn't exactly or as hitler (laughs) maybe joe biden isn't isn't quite as bad as uh as trump depending on what your what your metrics are exactly but like you know they're they have more in common in a in terms of political framework uh than than like frankly biden has more in common with uh with trump in terms of political framework than like most of the most of the like people who were going for the nomination outside of sanders and here's the thing think about what happens if like you do your little harm reduction and biden wins like if Biden wins in the general, it does send a signal. It's like it is a further like chilling effect to or it can possibly be looked at as a chilling effect to the left. I guarantee you that like he will start to drift right in his campaign messaging from where he already was because like because now he will his campaign will regardless of whether it's over for bernie or not will begin to do their general election strategy right and he will be even more right-wing in his general election pivot and maybe he'll surprise us and have another stroke and if right we can god god help us if fucking bring bring please bring biden an aneurysm satire Um, satire satire no but uh my my point being if he did win, if Biden did win the general election in, in contemporary American politics, I feel like what happens in, in general elections is so often like a sort of like a mini dynasty is rubber stamped, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have, you will have people who just like there are Obama staffers who became pod save America or whatever. You will have people who are Biden staffers, you know, we were mm-hmm. hoping for the overall lineage. We are and were hoping that for the overall lineage of the left that like you would have like, you know, similar thing with like Bernie people or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. already we have all this like, you know, wide tendrils of uh, like organizers or whatever, like a, like big, you know, big, massive different organized groups uh, that are kind of like all feeding into the policy agenda of Sanders. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but like Biden does forestall like the, the 
possibility of progress for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, Well, you want some good news, y'all? Sure. Medicare for All exit polling with 62% in support. Guess which state? Michigan. Mississippi. Mississippi is right. Vince, you win. I don't know what the prize (laughs) is, but... Cool. I'm smiling, Tom. All right. Well, I think um, we're all exhausted, and I have my infusion in the morning, so we should probably wrap this up. Yes. (laughs) And any final thoughts? Solidarity forever. Yep. Medicare for all now. Yeah. Let's go win this thing still, right? Yep. Hell yeah. All right. um, Unless it went really bad tomorrow. (laughs) No, still, still, we're going to cut that out. (laughs) Well, I mean, like... Yeah, like what is really bad? Really bad is just what the headline's the gonna po- say. Well, the point is, go in this thing is not and never has been about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders presidency himself. Bernie's is, with us. Yeah, Bernie's with us, not the other way around. So everyone who thinks he's on the list, it's okay. You don't have to charge him a cover. This is the thing, you know. We we've like we at at different times when the campaign was at greater heights, we joked about like <laughs> if you're gonna come at the king, don't fucking miss. Guess what? If you did hit the king this time, that was a fucking decoy. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> fucking I just deal was with like, it. Sitting here a lot. You were very serious, and I was sitting here giggling to myself like Bernie gets into Bergheim. <laughs> he doesn't even have to wait. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. <laughs> I like I like Folks. that he has a lot of free time to do that now. Anyway. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, I love it. All right. Um well, thank you again for joining us and uh do your best to stay alive until next week. We will see you after the debates, I guess now, right? We'll figure it out. So yeah, we've got the debates coming up. We've got another round. It's Super Tuesday 3, the Super Tuesdayist is happening next mm-hmm. week as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got it. We got a lot of work to do and keep posting, you brave warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're wash fighting your the hands, good fight. Drop the protocol. Please wash your hands. <laughs> don't touch your face. Um don't touch my face. Don't touch anybody's face. Yeah. No don't touch face. Vince's face. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just, he just spent a week at an art fair. You enough. definitely don't want to Yeah, I didn't even wanna... get to tell you guys about how just apocalyptic that was but do you do you have do you have one good story from yeah, a do you have like one good art art fair take to just wrap us N- out no just examples of abject like racism and classism um, i love examples i mean they're not even fun <laughs> they're just like oh okay dark they're just right. dark as shit anyway well, i'm looking forward <laughs> yeah it, anyway it, it's probably cheers. <laughs> stuff that only the patrons can handle anyway so we Ooh, talk about it. it on sunday cool love become it. a patron so you yeah. can hear vince's story patreon.com slash death panel pod <laughs> yep also if you are a fan of star trek i went on struggle sessions sesh trek to talk about picard's episode four through six which was really fun mm-hmm. so highly recommend our good friend Leslie Lee the third of Medicare for All Week fame and his own podcast. Yeah, a yeah. struggle session. <laughs> Sorry, I'm exhausted. I think that's it. Okay, yeah. Shall yeah. we call let's, it? Yep. Yeah, bye. let's call it. Okay, bye, y'all.
Gündüz gece, gündüz gece. 